and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. Hey guys, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 26, and this episode is actually one that a lot of people were asking me to do, or I don't know if they were really asking per se, but when I had brought it to a lot of people's attention, it got over like 120 likes, and people have been really stoked about it. So uh, this episode is going to be about Avril Lavigne. Now, originally, I just wanted to do an episode about the whole conspiracy theory thing, because everybody, at least that is friends with me on Facebook knows how I feel about the Avril Lavigne conspiracy theory. And originally I was just going to do this episode kind of as like a joke, but um, I was talking to my guest Molly, who is going to be on in a couple minutes. She and I were talking and she really wanted to be a part of this episode because Avril was a really big part of her childhood and her teenage years and really the inspiration behind her wanting to be in a band And Avril Lavigne was a really big part of my growing up and my style and who I really wanted to be. And just Avril Lavigne was just really present in my life and in Molly's life. So it started off just going to it was just going to be about the conspiracy theory because a lot of people wanted me to talk about it. But it's actually just going to be an entire episode about her legacy and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, (laughs) so it's going to be a really fun episode. Um. Molly is a super cool person. Uh, We never met in person, but we've talked a lot. Um, She is in a band called No Deluxe that I have featured in my zine. I want to feature their music, but they don't have any currently. But I nag her all the time about it because I can't wait to hear it. I love her voice and I can't wait for her band to come out with anything so I can jam it down everybody's throat because I love her and I love the music that she's about to release. So... This is just my little introduction. Me and Molly are going to talk about the rock chick of our generation, Avril Lavigne, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm just a rock chick, and I like to rock out. Alrighty, so as promised, here we are, Avril Lavigne, the conspiracy, the legend, the skater chick, the rock chick. Here we are. (laughs) Here we are right now, it's just like rocking out, and it's just like, you know pretty cool <laughs> avril's back from the dead guys oh my god holy shit is that you or is it melissa it's actually melissa and i've got a skateboard in the house no um it's, no um. <laughs> I hate my, I, oh my god this is this is gonna be a this is gonna be a long episode everyone so here here we are to talk about avril lavigne everything about her why she's a legend why she's awesome why she's an inspiration and why she's dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God, I, I apologize in advance, everybody, because this is going to be a long ride. So I remember my first Avril experience. I don't know if you remember yours, but my first Avril experience was when Let Go came out. And I remember I bought uh, I went to Target and I got Stridex pads for my face because I had really bad acne like Avril Lavigne did. You know, <laughs> Avril Lavigne gets them all the time, okay? 
So um, I remember like there were people at my house and like I closed my door and I like blasted Skater Boy and I had like on baggy pants and I was like, yeah, I'm a rock chick too, Avril. Punk rock. And that was my that was my start of Avril Lavigne. Where did your start? <laughs> that, that is like almost 100% accurate my experience. Um, no, uh, I think I was on the way to Gulf Shores, Alabama, where my family likes to go to, you know, take a beach vacation. And uh, my cousin, Alex, who's uh, a year older than me, although I would argue, would have argued back then that she was four months and 18 days older than me, not a whole year, because that's this kind of shit that matters um, when you're 12. And uh, she was like, you need to listen to this. This is awesome. And I was like, okay. And so I listened to my headphones. And let me tell you, I was a changed woman. I was like, this is incredible. Who is this? And she's like, it's Avril Lavigne. And I'm like, I'm going to get this CD when I get back to Memphis. And my mom <laughs> took me to what was then called... Um, God, what was it called? It was, I think it was Spin Street uh, Records, and she, I told her, I was like, I have to have this CD, it's called Let Go by Avril Lavigne, and she was like, oh, I've seen her on MTV, she's like, you might not like her, she's kind of a rock chick, <laughs> and I, I was like, well, I want to get it anyway, because I listened to it, because my cousin had it, and she was like, all right, so she bought me that CD, and I don't know, next thing I was wearing a tie, and I was greasy, and parting my hair down the middle, and flat ironing it, and I was like, not the most attractive child in the entire world, I was, I was a hot mess, but man, if I didn't recreate that leg bill cover as best as I could, um, in my, my mom's dresser, I don't, I don't know, it, it just, it started an obsession that lasted forever and I know that I carried it into like the best damn thing era I, I used to recreate all the outfits and it was it was just crazy um I was insane I used to get into arguments on my face about it um people would accuse her of being a poser and I was not having it I would still probably not have it if somebody tried that in this day and age um <laughs> It lasted it for a really long time, halfway through high school, and then the best damn thing kind of fizzled out, and then I kind of discovered Paramore, and that kind of, like, shifted my thinking. I was never, you know, against Avril, um, but it kind of introduced me into a different type of music or something that's similar and along the same lines. But if, you didn't have a, <laughs> if you didn't have a tie in middle school, were you really a rock chick? In middle school? I mean, I told my cousin and friend Savvy <laughs> in sixth grade. <laughs> well, go, some are going into seventh grade, I guess, or maybe it was sixth grade. We were hanging out her, at her house, and I told her, I go, I'm going punk this summer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and she was like, that's cool. So when she went to Italy, she bought me a brat of like a black bracelet that had like beads on it, and it was. It was edgy, and she's like, here, Molly, I got you this, so that you can turn punk. And I was like, thank you. But Avril wasn't punk, and she never said that she was. I know, right? Like, <laughs> she never said that. Oh, my God. I, I never said that I was. I was just a rock chick. It's just a rock chick. It's just more like a rock chick. There's <laughs> so many arguments about that specific incident, and somebody, I remember, fired back at me. Because I said, she never said she was punk. And then somebody, like, 
send me a clip of an interview from a magazine, like an image or something, into my inbox on MySpace. And it says, like, oh, yeah, I'm just a punk chick or something like that, quoting Avril Lavigne directly. And I don't know how accurate that was because um, she just was so adamant about she never said that. But I just chose not to believe it. And um, it was, it pissed me off. <laughs> well, I remember back when, around that era, when Hilary Duff was coming out, when she was releasing music, and then Ashley Simpson was also, like, riding that boat. And everybody was like, Ashley Simpson's not punk. Avril Lavigne is punk. What the fuck is Hilary Duff doing? And I just really remember those, um, what are those little, like, dolls that you can make online and, like, all those icons you can make for AIM? Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. Um, they sell, actually, an Almighty shirt now that's got the lyrics to Skater Boy on it. It's got those little, like, yeah. That look like Avril, and I go. I'm just like, I, it's a tube top. So I'm not interested. I don't look good in a tube top, but I'm like, I kind of need that though. Right? If they ever make it into a, like a shirt, I I need it. Yeah. No, they have the. Um, I remember I used to have those on my MySpace for a hot minute, and then I decided I knew HTML and thought I was hot shit after that. But we all knew coding back then. In 2006, Coding Masters, what up, Mark Zuckerberg? But yeah, Hillary Duff was another star, an icon of that time, but it was kind of like a war because she, uh, Avril got into some weird beef about her and said that she was a mama girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> what? I never saw that. I literally... all the time and how like her mom would like always make her sing and this that and the other thing like didn't she have like funny i knew i i feel like i did know that they had a feud i know that like um when i was in sixth grade like me and my friend we were like super into avril like i um i had like ties and i was wearing dress shirts and like plaid skirts and like at the time like what looked like doc martens but weren't doc martens but like aggressive black boots i don't fucking know and like my hair was parted and like never straight even though i wished it was and like all that stuff and we um and Hillary Duff came up with her clothing line, Stuff by Duff. And we were super conflicted because we we're like, we like Avril, but we can't wear Stuff by Duff because then we're posers. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Let me tell you, Metamorphosis was another album that changed me. Come Clean is the song of our generation. Fly, I don't think was on that record, but like Fly ruined my life. I love loved loved Hillary Duff I still do I wouldn't I wouldn't I would lay down like my life for Hillary Duff probably I would literally die for Hillary Duff oh man she's she's a gem but yeah okay I've got the quote here um from Hillary Duff uh what she said about Avril Lavigne fighting with her Hillary Duff says I said something about how she didn't like her fans dressing like her and how she should appreciate that because it's a compliment then (laughs) 
uh, he called me a goody goody, and then in parentheses here it says, Levine called Duff a quote unquote mommy's girl in Newsweek. <laughs> and he goes, Everyone's trying to prove who, the, who they are in their position, so I'm the good girl, she's the bad girl, or the party girl. Um, and then she goes off on some weird thing about Sarah Jessica Parker doesn't take her clothes off, but she's not a good girl. What? Is that what? I don't know. That was like a weird tangent, apparently, but. Um, they, they got off on it. It's so bizarre. The That's more I read so about funny. It, it what year was that? 2005? Um, uh, it's got to be like 2000. I want to say it's. I want to say 2004? Okay. It's got to be 2004. And then here's a picture that I just pulled up of here's Derek Lively, Avril Lavigne, Hilary Duff, and Joel Madden. Was it Joel Madden that she dated? Uh. No, I think she was married to Joel. I think um, Nicole Richie was married to um, Benji. Benji, who is now married to Cameron Diaz, which I had no idea that that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry for not being up to date on my good Charlotte slash Charlie's Angels. Do you remember Do you remember that, um, that picture that somebody made with um, all of them as dolls and... Good Charlotte was like attacking and murdering Avril with a guitar, and it's like death to fake punks. Did you ever see that? Yeah, yeah, that was like a viral thing that went around for a while. And I remember me and that same Avril Lavigne friend. We were um, she loved Good Charlotte, and I kind of like jacked Good Charlotte because I wanted to be just like her. And um, she sent me that card, like she printed out a card for me for my birthday, and it said, "Ha ha, inside joke because we love Avril too." But ha ha ha. Wow. <laughs> it was so weird. Please tell me you have that readily available, and that you just read it off the card because you keep it by your nightstand, right? I I have it readily available, but I would have to like get up from this chair and get it. But I do have it readily available. That's not. I just. Well, I'll fall on my face and you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> my friend, Savvy, who helps me turn punk up, she and I were so obsessed. We got on this whole thing. She was decided because she wanted to have something of her own, basically. She got obsessed with Ashley Simpson. Nice. We got into some, like, big, weird argument about, like, what was punk and what was not after that point. Like, when she decided she was obsessed with Ashley Simpson, I was like, okay, like, Ashley Simpson's not as much of a, like, a rock chick as Avril, and that really offended her, and I shouldn't have said anything, shouldn't have thought about it, but we started liking Good Charlotte, and, like, one of the other couples things, oh, we got a whole Green Day thing, mm -hmm. and we just discovered music on MySpace together a lot of the time, um, we wrote a rap about Good Charlotte. Nice. <laughs> really disturbing for, you know, to almost teenage girls to be saying these things and like a weird white girl rap kind of thing. Um, and I had it, I found it the other day hidden in my Avril Lavigne sheet music for Under My Skin. It fell out and I like opened the book and then it said GC rap. And I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is the rap I wrote about Good Charlotte with Savvy in middle school. So messed up. Iconic. What kind of child am I? Um, what was I going to say about, I don't know, that we're getting off on some whole 
The Ashley Simpson show is still one of my favorite things that like I'll binge watch. Like I'll find it on YouTube and I'll binge watch it. And it's just so funny to me like how from like 2002 to like 2006 was like this time when everybody was trying to prove that they weren't punk but they also wanted to be punk and like everybody was like dyeing their hair black and like trying to be like anti-establishment and like all of this like contradictory stuff. It's like Avril was like I'm not punk but yet she did everything in her power to be punk and then Ashley Simpson was like I'm not punk either but like I want to be the anti-Jessica Simpson and I'm going to dye my hair black and I'm going to do this that and the other thing and it was just like super hysterical to me right <laughs> and then Hillary Duff's here and she's like I'm coming clean <laughs> what a what an anthem truly I love Hillary Duff still to this day like mother of the year wife of the year I love her Seriously. Listen, Lizzie McGuire told Lizzie McGuire that she can follow her dreams. And if that's not the most inspirational shit of your, you know, <laughs> teenage life, then I don't know what is. It seriously is. It's like Hillary Duff holding Hillary Duff's hand. And it's like Lizzie McGuire encouraging Lizzie McGuire to follow her dreams. And I was like, yes. Sing it to me, Paolo. Oh, I hate it, Paolo. What a jerk. Seriously, Gordo forever. Gordo forever. Five ever. Five ever. Oh, I love Gordo. Um, <laughs> I had something else to say about our dear Avril Lavigne. Um, Derek, was it Derek Wigley that I had something to say? I don't remember. Well, we should probably get into our conspiracy theory since it's what everybody cared about. <laughs> Before we get more into it, I just want everybody to know what we're talking about. So, um, I don't. I think it was like in 2012. I don't really know. I think 2012 it started. There was somebody who had claimed that Avril Lavigne died in 2004 because of her grandfather. Like she committed suicide after he passed away in 2004, and that "Under My Skin" is written was already written, and it was kind of like my happy ending and nobody's home was about like her committing suicide, and like some really dark shit and um and then, then she was replaced by a lookalike called melissa vandella and melissa is apparently a um an actress that looks exactly like avril lavigne and um yeah and then it just got brought back up i think like last year and i saw it and i was like what the fuck is this and now i'm like deeply rooted and invested in it and i brought molly down with me and we've like flip-flopped on like how we feel about it I'm now on the fence about it I think that Melissa I know that Melissa's real and I used to think that Avril was Avril was dead but now I don't think she's dead I think that Avril just like gave up being in the spotlight and Melissa just kind of like took over so 
<laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen, you took me down with you, but then I got stuck in a rut where I was like busy with life and trying to figure out my own shit. And then, man, did I not have time for Avril Lavigne's her like possible death? I, I have not done as much research as you and I wish I had because I don't, I'm on the fence. I don't really, I just watched a video right before we got on the phone and it was pretty freaking convincing that, you know, despite the weird comments from this person who made this video, um, such as Avril, real Avril has a more mature body, and Melissa has a quote-unquote younger body, which is totally weird. Um, it was like her boobs are bigger or something. Right. The pictures, though, are very different. Like, she does look different after 2000. And four or two thousand five, like after the under my skin era, it started getting weird, more apparent. Yeah, and I'm just not not one hundred percent sure that that's still Avril, and her voice got higher. Her voice changed. Her voice is so different now. Like I was watching video because I got I got really invested in this. Like recently, I was watching videos and um, I was trying to I was. I I don't think that if she was dead, I don't think that she died, quote unquote, until like maybe 2005, because I do think that she did the under my skin era for a little bit. Like, I think that was her in the he wasn't video and the don't tell me video. So I definitely think that's her. But if you watch the I think it's the Jimmy Kimmel performance in 2005 with her with the red horns per performing, he wasn't. That is 100 percent Melissa. Because the voice is different, the attitude is different. Like Avril wasn't Avril was pretty stiff on stage and like looked kind of like she didn't want to be there. I was like going through the motions, but after two thousand five, she's like she's just up there and she's like has deer in headlights. Like she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing, and like her voice is significantly different. Like I get it that she was seventeen when she first started, but now it's like what are you what are you doing? And like her in interviews, it's like glazed over. Like that that uh, video that coincidentally you and I both watched before we started this about the skateboards. <laughs> like the connection. So I don't think that like I say all the time on Facebook, like the person that wrote under my skin is not the same person that wrote every um the best damn thing. Like there's no fucking way. Yeah, um oh, just I, my my thing is her voice and her performing is style is just different. Now, I don't know if somebody just like grabbed a hold of her and was like, Hey, you're really being boring on stage. Why don't you amp it up and start smiling and running around or something and like fist pumping and maybe playing a little bit more, you know, guitar and maybe that's what changed, but it doesn't account for, I guess, that'd be kind of weird if it was that and she got voice lessons to make her um, performance sound a little more clear and a little less raspy, but then it changed her talking voice as well. Oh, yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm pretty sure we're going to think that we've got some Melissa, some paranormal activity and Melissa activity. Truly, truly believe it. Like, I'm at a point where I don't think that Avril is dead, but I definitely think that Melissa took over the career. Like, because it's just no way that I get how puberty works. I get people maturing, but it's like 
her voice is significantly different. Like when you listen to like 2005 videos of, um, of Haley from Paramore and then you listen to her now, like there's a natural progression. Like obviously she sent not to compare them because you know, everybody used to, but like she sounded more like Avril back in the day, as far as like the kind of yell singing where it's like kind of more talking and stuff than, than singing. And now she's progressed obviously into using her vocals in a more singy way. But um, yeah, Avril just like it was zero to a hundred. Like she went from mobile and all of those let go songs to like Hello Kitty. Oh God, no! <laughs> no, 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 no Hello Kitty. No Hello Kitty. We don't speak of Hello Kitty. But it's like descending for my fans in Japan. I know that they really just like you know want something special. So I did this song. everybody that's listening to this if you're still listening to this to watch a video of Avril Lavigne prior to 2005 and then watch the Jimmy Kimmel 2005 performance of he wasn't with her with the devil horns because it is not the same person I swear to you it is two different people regardless if Avril is dead alive whatever that is not Avril Lavigne doing that performance on Jimmy Kimmel like I will put money on it like if this podcast ever grows anywhere and I have access to ask Avril Lavigne, I'm going to ask her if that was her. <laughs> I'm. S- oh my god. Well, I have another theory. Well, I told you my I told you my meet and greet theory. How because if you if you guys look at pictures of Avril Lavigne meet and greets or quote unquote Avril Lavigne meet and greets, you have to stand within like ten feet of her. Like you can't be next to her and you can't touch her. And I'm convinced that the reason why you can't like be near her is because you're going to get too close and realize that it's not Avril and it's Melissa. So that's where I'm at. That makes a lot of sense. That or she's just. Or maybe, even if it is Melissa, maybe Melissa just doesn't like to be close to anyone. For real. <laughs> personal space, you know, issues. But the thing with the best, let's talk about the best damn thing, because I've just been, like, itching to talk about this yes. the whole day. Because I got my source material ready, and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch old interviews. and I didn't do half that. But I did, it did ring a bell when we were kind of talking about, um, Melissa, and when that whole thing started, that was the best damn thing era. And I remembered that um, Dr. Luke worked with her, and I remember him having a big part in that album, which, you know, obviously he is, um, uh, what do I say here, um, an asshole, uh, terrible, horrible human being, obviously, what, you know, is now coming out about him and the news and everything. Um, do you think that maybe Melissa had something to do with that? Why she started working with him and not with her older producers, possibly? I know that you just found this out today, Sam, that yeah. um, worked with him. But, like, do you have any kind of theory as to what's going on with that and maybe Melissa having a part in it I have no idea to be honest like you just told me this information like fairly recently and it's just the decisions that she's made musically and like 
all of this other stuff, it just doesn't add up. Like, I get it. People, like, I'm not the same person at 24 years old that I was at 17, but just all her decisions were just, like, super drastic, like, going from her voice when she was 17 to just, like, right after Under My Skin, which she was, like, 19, 20. It's like, your voice does not change that drastically. It doesn't go from, like, super, like, gritty and, you know, talk talk like, I guess, and then all of a sudden it's like, I can't carry a note. Like, she literally couldn't carry a note. Like, it's just, it's super weird. Like, if you listen to the knock, the Knocking on Heaven's Door cover prior to, like, 2005 and then after 2005, it's, like, a totally different world. Yeah. Um, I was reading about, you know, um, the whole, like, the first single was Girlfriend. And I remember her just being, like, yeah, it's bratty and fun. And we, I'm just, like, Avril's not about, like, the bratty and fun life. She's about um, being you know, cooler than that. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, like, her her whole, like, her whole thing was, was, like, being cool and edgy. Like, even if it wasn't considered punk, like, Skater Boy, it, it had, like, a fun type to it, but it was, it was, like, a lot more edgy than the stuff that was on pop radio. Like, even Complicated and all of the other singles that she put out. Like, Under My Skin is, su- is such a super dark record like my happy ending i can't listen to it sometimes because i'm like really upset when i listen to it like it gets me really sad like she's literally talking about being dead and that's why everyone thinks it's a suicide note because she's basically saying held up so high on such a breakable thread it's like damn avril you might want to take a nap yeah um she when she worked with dr luke on the whole record for that damn thing. She also worked with Butch Walker, who co-wrote My Happy Ending. So there's a um, there's a possibility that I could totally ask him if I ever see him. He's my favorite artist of all time, for those who don't know. Um, and uh, if I ever get the opportunity, I'm going to be like, what's the deal, man? What's the deal with Avril? Like, what made that transition? She worked with him on under my skin and on the best damn thing but he only got like two or three of the songs on the best damn thing and here's the here's the weird thing i wanted to talk about is girlfriend um which features a sample from uh or was supposed to originally feature a sample of hey mickey with the beat and everything you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah um and butch walker was the one who was writing it for her and with her and um he has never explicitly said that this is the producer um that stole the song and he's never outright named the artist but he's like it features a sample of hey nikki he gave clues basically um he said that the producer I can't remember the exact words, but he basically outed Dr. Luke um, for stealing Girlfriend. Um, and they were working super hard on it. I think Adel took it um, and let Dr. Luke listen to it after they'd recorded like a rough version of it, her and Butch. And he was like, well, guess what? I can do it better. And she let him, basically. Um so that song was essentially stolen, but the thing is, is, like, he didn't feel like he had to uh, sue for it because there are so many songs that 
uh, either feature that sample or sound really similar, and he thought it was just better to leave it alone um, rather than go for it legally. He was working with her on a couple of other albums. So, yeah, Girlfriend was basically stolen um, and never really fully talked about. Avril never said anything about it. Uh, so they went with, he did, Butch Walker did the Best Damn Thing at the title track, mm. uh, which also is very cheerleader-ish, uh, Hey Mickey-ish, and that's kind of what the video tried to emulate as well. So I guess they made a compromise with that. Um, that's crazy. So that's my interesting little tidbit about that whole thing. Well, it's also, um, I think I think it is the Best Damn Thing that um, Evan her old guitar player, I think he was on the Best Damn Thing. I think he wrote for it. He wrote some of the stuff for it. Um, he was with her on it. Um, and I was looking at that today. Yeah, Evan and her, they got into another thing with stealing music. Not her and Evan specifically. I think that they were called out, but not legally, by Chantal, um, can't say her last name. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's K-R-E... V-I-A-Z-U-K. Um, I'm, I'm going to butcher it if I say it out loud. <laughs> so, what? Uh, no, I was just laughing. Oh, okay. I thought you said you tried to pronounce it, and I was like, well, shit, I'm going to feel really Oh, no. Not going to um, touch that. He, she saw the title on her album and said in some interview, she was like, yeah, I sent Avril a song called Contagious years ago, and I saw that it's on her track listing and like what do you do with that my name's not on it <laughs> and then it turns out that it's a completely different song that Avril and Evan wrote together um and has completely different lyrics so Chantal so and so she took back her statement basically and was like uh oh I'm not trying to discredit Avril's writing abilities or anything I'm like well why'd you and <laughs> why did you <laughs> What was the point in that? Um, I don't know that Evan co-wrote on that track. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I'm so sorry. I'm looking at it. I actually, um, one thing that, like, surprised and upset me, actually, Lauren Mayberry of Churches, um, I did an episode uh, a couple months ago about this, how Lauren had found out that Avril Lavigne did not write all of the tracks on Let Go. And I was devastated. I was super heartbroken about it. I was like, what do you mean Avril Lavigne didn't write all the songs on Let Go? And apparently Skater Boy, Complicated, and some and another song, maybe Nobody's Home. But, um, oh, Nobody's Home was on uh, Under My Skin. Yeah, but there was another song on Let Go that she didn't, like, write fully and I was so upset by it I was like what do you mean she didn't write Skater Boy I mean she has writing credits on every single song so my question is why how do we know that I mean let's be honest here I'm not crediting her completely for writing every little swinging thing because she was only like 16 at the time right um but I'm 99% sure that she has writing credits on 100% of that album. So what, I guess, is it the co-writers kind of thing that made her, you know, realize that she didn't write all of them? Or is it just, is she just really not credited on hallucinating? No, I think that they were, I think it was like co-writing credits for them. Because if you, 
I mean, let's be totally honest. You really think that it took more than one person or more than two people to write Skater Boy or Complicated? I mean, the lyrics to the, both those songs sound like a 16-year-old would have written it. it at far, an advanced 16-year-old, but a 16-year-old nonetheless. I mean, look at... Um, Paramore, for example, again, you know, Haley was 16 at the time and she wrote songs like Conspiracy and all of those songs on All We Know Is Falling. So it's not impossible for a 16 year old to write really mature content. With that kind of production quality and streamless, like, seamless pop star, you know, songs, whether they're, you know, have a rough edge to them or not. I mean, it's a pop album and it's kind of, it's kind of seamless. Let go is. So, um, all we know is falling has some like edginess to it and roughness for sure. Like the cuts and the production quality and like their, their writing stuff was kind of, it was darker, but it was almost from a point of like naivety. Like, uh, I mean, Paramore typically yeah. was all we know is falling, but it, yeah, it's not out of the question. Um, I'm looking at it now. She does have writing credits on, um, everything but i wonder if that was in her contract um to make sure that it did seem like she was a real kind of um relatable person uh, well, that was her whole thing. Like, that's what Lauren was saying in her interview. Lauren was saying how they tried to like package Avril Lavigne as palatable, like kind of the whole she's just like you kind of thing which I definitely got when I was when I first um started listening to Avril Lavigne you know I was like 12 I think maybe maybe younger maybe 10 but um but at that time you know she was super relatable to me even though that I had never explored that you know type of person like at the time I didn't really like know who I was as a 10 year old but then like when Avril Lavigne burst bursted out on the scene you know all of a sudden i was like yeah i can be edgy i can wear ties i can yeah yeah i'm a fucking punk rocker i'm gonna wear ties for two years and where did the tie thing come from like is that a thing i i dude i don't know it was like i woke up one day and i was wearing a fucking tie and a dress shirt yeah what's the what's the uh history of the tie and the choice there like i'm like is that even a skater thing was that even a skater thing back then no no it was iconic like if you think about it like if you think of like iconic things you think of avril lavigne wearing a tie and like camel print pants yeah camel <laughs> pants holding a moon man um with the uh, canadian tie down at the vmas <laughs> you know what's funny is that like at the time, maybe because I couldn't process it because I was I was youngin, but um, I didn't realize how Canadian she was until I got older and realized how you know people from Canada, you know their um their accent is. And now I'm looking back and I was like, holy shit, she's like super Canadian. <laughs> super Canadian. She's like she's like asking people for donuts all the time, like holding doors open for people, offering them free donuts. You know, she's Canadian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> want to go to Canada so bad and I didn't I, I the only reason I wanted to go to Canada was because of Avril Lavigne and I remember a couple girls on MySpace who their parents obviously had enough money they were big Avril Lavigne fans and they went to Napanee her hometown and got like went to her favorite pizza restaurant I was so jealous I was so jealous it's all I ever wanted to do was um Run into her. and 
Like, why? It's a 5,000 population town in Ontario. Like, what, what's the point here besides, you know, Avril? When I went to... <laughs> When I went to Toronto recently, I was kind of hoping that, like, Avril was going to be there, not going to lie. I went to every Tim, Tim Hortons looking for her. Uh, no, no sightings? No. No, no Melissa. Is that where she retired to um, when Melissa took over? Tim Hortons? <laughs> I, I, I can't. Oh, Melissa, Avril. Yeah, it's just... The conspiracy theory kind of rock racks my brain because I have so I have so many like sprung off theories from it. Like I have like branched out to family tree territory of like where where I'm at with this. It's like is she dead? Is she not dead? And then there's like a separate separate theory that she died in a skiing accident like two years ago or something. That's oddly specific. <laughs> She was skiing in Canada and she like slipped and like broke her neck or something. But I'm like, I would buy the whole uh, suicide because of her grandfather thing because I was also watching a video prior to this about how upset she was because she said that she never lost anybody in her family before and she's not really close to anybody in her family, but she was definitely close to her grandpa and like she was super emotional that night because she had to play a show like two hours after she had found out the news. So I totally would understand that especially because under my skin she talks about like held up so high on such a breakable thread and like she wants to go home but nobody's home like all of that so definitely makes sense but like maybe it's just i don't don't know Uh, another friend of mine brought up a a good point that the record company could have faked her death as because if you think about it, celebrities are worth more dead. Like look at Kurt Cobain and Michael Jackson's putting out another album this year and he's making more money than all of us and he's been dead for like what, seven years? <laughs> like Tupac's hanging out in Cuba somewhere. Like celebrities it's it's really sad to say, but they're so much more marketable when they're dead. You know, Kurt Cobain is still like a megastar and he's been dead for how fucking long? So it wouldn't her career was so hot. And maybe she was just over it and they bought her out of the contract and said, hey, we're just going to fucking kill you off. And here's Melissa. And yeah. Yeah. If that wasn't the, um, if it wasn't such a, like a conspiracy theory, I would, I would believe that a little more. Right. It is gaining a lot of, um, attention lately. And it seems like sponsored things are, are posting about it and. Um, like things like BuzzFeed, and there was a there was a weird like interview with two random people um, that was going around, and it was like Avril Lavigne is dead, and it popped up on my newsfeed on Facebook, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is serious. The thing is, because like all Avril would have to do if you know she's still regardless if it's Avril Lavigne, Melissa or whoever the fuck it is she's working on a new album and obviously this conspiracy theory has been around since at least 2012 so you would think that in all these interviews all she would have to do is say that is not true that's all she would have to say like she's definitely heard of the conspiracy theory before and I'm sure that like it hasn't been tiptoed around like if I was an interviewer and I had to interview Aunt Avril Lavigne, my first question would be like, hey, so you hear you're dead? What do you think? <laughs> and then, you know, if you're a normal person who's not Melissa Mandela, <laughs> you would say, ha-ha, that's hilarious. No, I'm not dead. I'm recording a new album. But right. nothing from Avril. Like, she's not, or this quote-unquote Avril person, <laughs> she said nothing about the conspiracy from what I can tell. Ever. Um, ever. And 
she just recently, um, I was reading, like, she's trying to record a new album and stuff, and then she keeps, like, posting, like, hints to her lyrics, and it just seems weird and not like her at all. It's like she's putting it off, basically, and almost, like, posing for some sort of, like, publicity thing, but she says the album would be out in 2017, and it is 2017, and it is November, we've got one month left, and I've heard nothing else from it. It's just, it's so weird, because to me, it's like, conspiracy theories are all fun and everything, and ha ha ha, but like, how has she not debunked this? I mean, this conspiracy theory has been around forever, and I mean... Not even that one. Why didn't she debunk the whole skiing accident one thing? Even though I don't think that that one's legit. I think that somebody was just riding the coattails of the original conspiracy theory. So I don't... I Making up their own things. Yeah. So I don't care about that one. But it's like all she would literally have to do is be... Or even like tweet about it or put it on Instagram. Like, shit, don't even get interviewed about it. Be like, so I see that there's like a conspiracy theory that I, you know, am dead. So just want to let you know that I'm not dead. Because the Melissa thing... The thing that's crazy about this whole conspiracy theory is that Melissa's a real person and that Avril did employ Melissa to use as a decoy for paparazzis. You know, that's not uncommon. Kim Kardashian uh, just recently was in the tabloids about how she had a, um, a body double while she was on vacation with Kanye and how she had somebody stand in for her. She paid somebody so they would be in the paparazzi photos instead of her. So it's not uncommon for celebrities to get a lookalike but it's just super weird that that's where it ends <laughs> like nobody don't know anything else about it it just stopped and there's like one picture that it just says melissa and that's it right she just hasn't put any effort into debunking it it's very very strange it's it's really funny to me and it's like people laugh when I tell when I tell them I strongly believe in this conspiracy theory because it's like there's really been nothing to like nobody's tried to debunk it like usually when you hear conspiracy theories like there's heavy research about like how it's either like true or it's not true this it's like there's no <laughs> there's like nothing it's like no argument. <laughs> no argument at all. it's literally like Avril's dead and you're like yo she is <laughs> and that's it Avril Lavigne dead. Yeah. And it's like, yes, yeah, she actually is. She's not there. She's not there anymore. She's, uh, move on with your life. But, uh, She's part of the mass deletion. <laughs> Melissa now, bitch. <laughs> it's Melissa, bitch. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I like that. Let's just do it. Let's record that. She doesn't like Britney, though, remember? What? I don't remember this. Oh, she... Oh, she, um... Uh, a long time ago, everyone kept calling her, like, the anti-Britney and Christina. Like, she was a part of that era. So she always said yeah. that she didn't really like Britney. And then she, or I think Melissa got interviewed, to be honest. And they're like, and the woman was like, um, so do you really hate Britney? And Avril's like, no. And she goes, oh. And Avril's like, yeah, I like I like her one song, you know, and she started singing. She's like, yeah, I like that one. I think she said she liked Toxic, too. But I'm like, girl, that's so fucking basic. Like, oops, I did it again. Changed a generation. Like, please. <laughs> freaking weird. And I, I so obsessed with her um, that it's just, it, it's such a weird thing to read about in 2017 that, 
you know, my former favorite pop star is no longer making music. She's either dead or inactive in her career. <laughs> the last, like, 12 years. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, I just woke up and all of a sudden Avalina is dead, so I guess that's my life now. <laughs> I can't do it at this point. Um, oh, God. Yeah, and the last album she put out was just so weird. Like, what a dream team. Hello Kitty, Marilyn Manson, and Chad Kroger from Nickelback walk into a bar, and you get a new Avalina album. I stopped listening to um I stopped listening after um the best damn thing. So I have to take your word for it that it makes no sense. Um, it does I, I nearly threw it I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mean, but I, I nearly threw it out of my car window because I went to Target specifically to get it and I was like so excited. Um, after the best damn thing, the album that was put out after that was actually like pretty cool and kind of a throwback to let go era um and i was impressed with it and i really like the songs that are on that except for like one or two of them i guess but then this last one was just an utter and complete mess and i did not understand it and i guess when you marry the lead singer of nickelback that's just kind of how your life ends so um I oh my gosh, poor Avril. She's either yeah. dead, inactive, you know who knows. Yeah, and she's definitely not, you know, married to Chad Kroger from Nickelback. That is definitely Melissa. That is definitely, <laughs> definitely Melissa. Confirmed. Uh, Avril would never do this to us. Confirmed. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> oh jeez. Kelly Clarkson or Kelly Osborne? Clarkson. Oh, really? No, I don't remember that. Oh my god, Sam! You have to watch this. Okay, so just little um, tidbit of info. Avril Lavigne at the, I believe it was the 2003 VMAs, because it would have been for the year before, um, because she was accepting an award for, uh, I don't know if it was Song of the Year or something very, you know, iconic, and Avril steps up to get her moon man and Kelly, uh, I don't say Kelly Osborne, Kelly Clarkson is a presenter and she presents Avril with the award. Avril like grabs the moon man, goes under Kelly Clarkson's arm, Avril's hair gets stuck in the moon man and she ends up having to shove Kelly Clarkson out of the way to not get the moon man to like rip her hair out basically. And then I'm not saying, you know, I like Kelly Clarkson to a certain degree, but she also claimed after the fact uh, that Avril elbowed her in the face. Nice. If you watch the video, there's like no elbows near Kelly Clarkson's face at all. It's not even close. And there's no way that that even happened. Um, unless it was a separate occurrence, which it definitely wasn't. Uh, yeah, Kelly Clarkson got pissed about it and was saying bad things in interviews, being like, yeah, I got elbowed in the face at an award show by a certain pop artist. I'm like, okay. It's getting weird. 
Not a pop artist, a rock chick. Another, not a, not a pop star. It's a rock chick. It's totally a rock chick. Uh, so Avril seems completely either stoned or drunk at that show, which is kind of funny. She was, she had to have been seventeen or eighteen years old. Um, I don't know what the legal drinking age is in Canada, but in Los Angeles, California, and or Miami, wherever they held the award show, it's definitely not how old that was. <laughs> um, she definitely seemed under the influence. It was very strange, and I just remember getting mad at Kelly Clarkson, even though I liked her, for saying that, because it definitely didn't happen that way. Um, I watched it over and over again, like, last week. Like, There's no elbows. No elbows confirmed. <laughs> Illuminati elbows, Melissa. Illuminati elbows confirmed. There was another. I have so much info. I'm so sorry that I'm just ranting right now about Apple, but there's more and more scandals that keep popping up in my head. Um, but we're familiar, right, with the artist Peaches, correct? What the fuck is that? You've heard of Peaches. You know Peaches, right? Peaches, what? Like the fruit? No, like the artist, like the. the Music artist, Peaches. Who the fuck is Peaches? Oh my god, Sam, how can you do this? You can't do this to me right now. Um, Operate? You don't know Peaches? No! Oh my god, Operate is on the Mean Girls soundtrack. What is, what is your life? What? What song, wait, what song is that? Okay, I'm looking it up, so just (laughs) give me a minute. Look it up because I know that Mean Girl soundtrack front to back, and there is no way. Okay, okay. Do you want me to just sing it? Because I'm not going to be vocal enough. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Okay, so the only way that I can describe it is He's not daddy's gonna live. He's not daddy's gonna live. I see his ass rolling back in his head. You know that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Operate by Peaches, and it's got some like weird. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Now that, now that we're here. Okay, here we are. Understand who Peaches is. Peaches had a song um, that was called I'm the Kinda. Mm-hmm. And it goes, I'm the kind of bitch that you want to get with. I'm the kind of bitch that you want to get with. Um, not to be confused with I Don't Have to Try by Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Thing. Um, it's it's the exact same song. Shit. Who else has writing credits on it? But our dear friend Dr. Luke. Oh Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He like straight up swiped that song um, <laughs> and put it on Avril Lavigne's record and just didn't even give a shit. Um, <laughs> you have to listen to it like after we're done because this is the most crazy thing. It's called I'm the Kinda by Peaches and I Don't Have to Try by Avril Lavigne. They're identical. <laughs> and not to drag Taylor Swift into this whole thing <laughs> because we've, I, I feel like we're constantly dragging Taylor Swift and, you know, I don't know her personally, so um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go into a whole thing about how I feel about her, but... Um, Uh, look what you made me do.
It sounds exactly like Operate, the beginning of Operate. It's just, it's a fucking mess, and I'm just shocked and saddened by the whole ordeal. I did not know you were such a Peaches expert. I'm not, and I don't even listen to Peaches. It's just like I know the few songs from the MySpace era. That's when it was, you know, a thing to have a song on your profile. A lot of people had that, and I remember Avril Lavigne specifically saying, I'm the kinda is my favorite song at the moment. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> like, but you recorded a song that sounds exactly like that. Confirmed. So, I don't know which came first, honestly. <laughs> I don't know if she knew about it or if Dr. Liz just kind of threw her into it. So he, he probably did, to be honest. Yeah. I'm sorry to like derail the Avril conversation here, but it's, it's very important to me and I know a lot about it. <laughs> Listen, I I told everybody we were doing an entire episode about Avril Lavigne, regardless of the uh, content. So everybody everybody got what they asked for, okay? The conspiracy theory was talked about. Avril Lavigne and her legacy was talked about. You guys got some extra information about Peaches. Like, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? What do you want from me? <laughs> Another little AL. Uh, tangent. <laughs> Not to be confused with Avril Lavigne. We're talking about Adam Lambert here. You know. Um, what do you want from me? Now it's going to be in my head. Second like watch, you know. Were you going to say something about Adam Lambert, or that was it? No, just the what do you want from me? Oh. <laughs> I was like deeply. I was like deeply interested. I had nothing to say about it. Well, do you do you have anything else to say about our rock chick goddess? Look, I have so much to say, but you shouldn't even ask me that question. I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> well, this was good. I'm glad we did this. Okay, I'm glad to. I'm so sorry to everyone. I'm going to listen to me <laughs> Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end, um, I'm gonna end our Avril talk for now, but maybe we'll have a part two and we'll... Uh, We'll cover the new album. <laughs> oh, God. If it ever comes out. Illuminati confirmed. Illuminati. <laughs> so that was mine and Molly's take on the Avril Lavigne conspiracy theory. I hope it lived up to the expectations. I'm not sure if this is what you guys asked for. I hope you guys liked it anyway. I know we didn't talk exclusively about the conspiracy theory. I know we basically just like touched on it, but there's so much to talk about with Avril Lavigne. Her legacy will always be there. She is an icon, really. I mean, think about it. In 2002 to 2004, she was basically everybody's dream of what they wanted to be and what they wanted to look like. At least for me, you know, I was just a kid and I had no direction that was going anywhere. And, um, wearing a tie and expressing myself and wearing plaid and thinking that I was punk was uh was really cool and it definitely helped shape the person that I am today and I know it helped shape Molly and the music that she makes and all of that and as soon as uh No Deluxe has music for me to share with you guys you bet I'm gonna share it so that's that's really it on Avril I mean if you want to talk if you want to talk to me about the conspiracy or you want to see anything that I have to say, I mean, I literally talk about it all the time on Facebook. I talk about it literally everywhere because it consumes my life. I really do believe that uh, Melissa and Avril are tag teaming the whole career thing right now. I don't think Avril's dead. I definitely think that there's something going on, but 
the world may never know unless somebody straight up asks Avril Lavigne and we get an answer. So that's it. Um, a couple things are happening, though, that I wanted to touch on before I go. The second half of the Lana episode is definitely happening at some point. I wanted you guys to know that. I know that I kept saying in every episode that I've recorded since that it's coming on Monday. It's coming on Monday. Um, Pat is just a really busy and super hard person to like hang out with because of his work schedule and mine. They never line up. We never have the same off days. I work 12 hours on the days that he has off and so on and so forth and it's just really hard for us to coordinate so it's hopefully coming soon I I'm not going to give a date anymore because I have no fucking clue when it's going to happen I'm going to try and I'm recording this on Friday the 17th hopefully I'll get him here on Monday but no promises on that I'm sorry I keep making promises about it I really want to hang out with Pat I love hanging out with Pat he's probably my favorite person to ever hang out with so that is happening I promise it's coming just be patient, please. Um, also, another cool thing that's happening, my friend Sal, who has been my music sharing friend since 2008, is coming next weekend to talk about the brand new sexual assault statement and the allegations against Jesse Lacey. And it's going to be super intense because Sal's entire life revolved around the band and he's super torn about being a feminist and obviously on the side of the victims. But how does he just wash his hands of the last 10 years of his life and a band that shaped him and all of that? And I know a lot of people have a lot to say about that, how, you know, no matter what, if your fave or whoever is accused of sexual assault or any of that you just drop the ban like that but I don't I don't know if the people that are saying that or have ever been invested in something for over a decade or invested that long and it's like yeah of course you want to take the victim side and you want to say yeah fuck Jesse Lacey but also when your entire life is revolved around this person it's it's kind of hard just to say fuck it like if someone died tomorrow that you were close with are you going to just, you know, be like, okay, that happened. It's it's kind of the same thing, kind of not. I know that's a really poor uh, analogy, but Sal's going to talk to you guys all about that. And it's going to be a really wild episode. So I hope you guys stick around for that because I have a lot to say. And he and I keep going back and forth with different articles. And I know he has a lot to say. So that's going to be that's going to be interesting. So stick around for that. Paramore finally released the fake happy video. It is basically just Haley walking around NYC and the video was actually directed by drummer Zach who also gave us that masterpiece that is the told you so video. Haley took to Instagram to talk about the fake happy video. She said, I walked around forever and a day wearing sequins and looking like a mermaid superhero. I danced with strangers, got yelled at by a construction worker, hugged a time traveler, all the while looking pee damn carefree. In my mind, I was anxious and really self-conscious. We didn't even write the treatment around that. It was just the reality of filming fake happy on the streets of one of the busiest cities in the world. The only moment that any underlying emotion other than happy is apparent is at the very end. And then she added Zach and she said, uh, directed the video. He conceptualized it and insisted we shoot it on film. Very proud of him. Proud of me for not giving a shit that I'm the only one in this video. We made another something we love for the band we grew up with. I love Paramore. And I hope that people stop harassing and badgering this poor band about releasing things because watching people ask for this video for two months was absolutely agonizing. You guys got to calm down. Seriously, we had this talk before. They don't like it. Please stop badgering bands for everything. Stop making them release stuff. It'll happen. Just like the Parahoy lineup. It'll fucking happen. And you guys are going to complain about it anyway. So I don't understand why you're begging for it. Parahoy is in April. The sooner the sooner they release it, the sooner you're going to be disappointed. So why can't they just release it like a month before? So you guys only have a month to be disappointed. I don't get it. 
whatever. I'm a little off topic. Sorry. But anyway, that's all my news for now. Today, I have for you guys a band who actually reached out to me after that No Friend episode that I just did. They're a band called Stress Dolls, and they're from Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. They remind me of Manchester Orchestra, and I have absolutely no idea why. They don't really sound like them, but when I hear the song Pills, which is the one I have for you guys today, it reminds me of Shake It Out. So I have no idea why. Maybe if you guys listen to it, you can tell me if you think about that or if I'm absolutely insane. The song is off their EP available on Bandcamp, so definitely check that out. But before I play it for you guys, I want to remind you that you can find me on Instagram on samissocks, facebook.com slash rebelheartspodcast, Twitter is rebelheartsgirl, and email me at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. Try and keep it to podcast-related things, uh, band-related things, and music-related things. I got a couple of strange emails after that No Friend episode that made no sense to me and I'm always open for things in my inbox but some things you know try and keep it podcast related because some stuff is just really weird I also launched the big cartel site for shirts stream team uh, street team sticker packs to help promote the podcast worldwide and zines link is on the soundcloud homepage and I'll link it also in the show notes I will see you guys at the front here is stress dolls <laughs>
He takes his pills Claims they keep him sane But they don't stop him from drinking And they don't carry his name But with those pills He's found his way Carved like the tree of a lover Listing out his number day Thank you.